Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show exists to help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into today's episode, shall we? This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, antijpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Quick little announcement. Uh, so, a few weeks ago, we dropped a little pocket handbook to go along with the Creative Career Path series. The Creative Career Path series was episodes 170 to 176, and it's essentially uh, a method for developing and marketing your work in such a way that you get closer and closer to your creative career sweet spot which is the work that you love doing, but people also love that you do it. Uh, Finding that little sweet spot between those, that little Venn diagram between doing what you love and people loving what you do. And that finding that place um, requires, you know, strategic development and marketing. And so anyway, that's the um, that's the series. We made a little pocket handbook. It was a sponsored product by Scout Books. And uh, it sold out really fast. And then I was offering eBooks, but things kind of got so crazy that I just thought I need to pause on this uh, and I have a new strategy and I will update you on that. So stay tuned if you're looking to get your hands on a copy 
um, for what the next plan is with that. But you can still get 15% off your own custom scout books at scoutbooks.com slash creative pep talk. They do an excellent job. They screen print the covers real nice and you can print the interior pages or keep them blank and sell them as like, you know, pocket sketchbooks or whatever. Go check them out. They're fantastic. This episode is with my buddy, Chris Piasic. That's P-I-A-S-C-I-K. And uh, you should go follow him at Chris Piasic on Instagram. His work is fantastic. He does daily drawings. He's been doing daily drawings for 10 years. And I've been wanting to get him on for a long time because he exemplifies so many of the creative career, our creative pep talk principles that we talk about. And he's really proved that they work. And he's just an awesome guy who's super talented and uh, works really hard and has an amazing career because of it. And he's got a lot of great things to share. So here he is, Chris Piasek. So, uh, you know, I don't feel like, I feel like maybe we've talked a little bit about where you're from and and what your background is. but I'm not super familiar with how you became an illustrator. I know that you were working in an agency and and that kind of was part of it, but let's go back to the womb. Let's go to the womb. We don't have to go all the way there, but tell us a little bit about like your, uh, you know, how you, I'm gonna, you can hear my emails. Um, how you got here, how, how did that become a thing? Like what was life before creativity like? We'll start there. Sure, well, as long as I can remember I always drew. It was like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, I drew all the time. I was always obsessed with like, I don't know, drawing like weird little weapons and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I loved that Disney movie Robin Hood when I was a kid. Um, and I just watched it like. That's a good weird. reference. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, it is Fantastic. a good movie. It's awesome. Really good songs. Dude, it has great songs. They're yeah. like, uh, what kind of style is this? It's not, is it like folky? Yeah, but I don't, it's like I don't more know. like upbeat folk, dude. Sort of, but then there's like some sad songs in there. Um, man, it's a great movie. It's got, uh, it's got the, I mean, it's got darkness. It's got light. It's funny. Great mm-hmm. songs. Great style. Everything stylized in a weird way. All the anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, uh, the whole world. I'm all about it. I love it. I think it's yeah. super good. So you drew like that stuff. Yeah, so I would like I was obsessed with like little details about that stuff. Like I would draw people with bows and arrows, but like um, I would like focus on like you know drawing the quiver with the arrows in it. And like I wasn't good at drawing because I was a little kid, but I was like paying attention to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, so I went to like this thing called Integrated Day, where it was like first grade and kindergarten together. I don't know yeah. if that's like a normal thing, right? Um, but I had a very hard time. Like I couldn't understand anything that we were doing. Yeah. And, like, I remember vividly, like, we got this, like, worksheet, and I remember looking at it, and it was just, like, not, I didn't, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, right. And I remember the teacher just, like, (laughs) dragging me over to the corner to, like, play with this other kid and, like, just put shapes into, like, a thing. (laughs) And I just couldn't deal. But, like, that you get, they gave you this worksheet, and you were like, ah, no. And they're like, go over to the shape guy. Yeah. Just, yeah. So just me and this kid just, like, matching shapes to, like, the holes in this little ball thing. You're and, on the shape level. Yeah. Go, yeah. I mean, I had very similar experiences. So yeah. I, basically, I couldn't handle uh, kindergarten. Um, but that's not a sentence you hear a lot. But no. I can relate. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm trying to 
see this tangent I went to. Right. Anyway, I limped through kindergarten, yeah. and I got to first grade, and first grade was like, no, I couldn't. Couldn't do it. No. Yeah. But um, my te- the reason I'm talking about this is because my teacher like met with my parents, and they're like, I know he's struggling, but you really need to see his drawings. Mm. So they were like showing, and the drawings look like bad drawings. Right. But they're like, but you need, no, just you need to look. Like he's drawing like the feathers on these arrows in a, a quiver. And mom was like, what's a quiver? That's the thing that holds the arrows. <laughs> and and she's like, I know this it doesn't look. This is your teacher telling yeah. your parents? She's like, right. I know it doesn't look like much, but kids don't draw this stuff. Like yeah. this is, this level of detail is weird. So, um, so that was like the first sign. So I guess I encouraged mm. it. But anyway, I uh, flunked out of first grade. Um, but I had to do it twice. Yeah, I'm sure. And so did you... So before like illustration or design or anything was like, and because it's not in anybody's consciousness in early years, yeah. right? Before that, it's just drawing. And what was drawing, what did it do for you? Because I feel like obviously mm-hmm. getting held back becomes a really weird stigma to carry. For sure. Yeah. So what at that point, um, uh, I did first grade. It didn't go well. And um, I switched, my parents put me into a private school. It was like a Catholic school. And, um, I started going there and immediately like turned everything around and like started doing really good in school. Mm. But like, um, it was in a different town and like, I didn't really have any friends. Um, and it's just like small little, you know, it's like kids from different towns. So like yeah. when I was at home, I was just drawing and stuff like that. But in school, I was always like bad at sports or anything. Like my dad never taught me how to like catch or anything. So like. Just yeah. simple things like I couldn't catch, couldn't yeah. throw. Yeah. So uh, drawing was the one thing that differentiated me, and it like gave me a little bit of like social equity. Like, yeah, you know, uh, you get made fun of, but then you draw something cool, and they're like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Yes. Um, so the the guy the the boys in the class didn't care, but the girls were like, "Oh, that's a cool drawing." The so, girls so, liked yeah, it, so, so I could you be had like, with yeah. the girls, <laughs> and then yeah. the boys would make fun of me. But yeah. um, I had a lot of that. <laughs> so I just drew obsessively, like all the time and then one time um well before that so i would like take apart like album packaging in my house and like redraw stuff mm-hmm. and like i really like drawing like the logos and like um the one i remember the most is like the there's an aerosmith cover where they're like characters of them they're all like kind of merged together yeah so draw the line album and i was like drawing that once and my uncle came over and he was like hey what are you doing and i was and he's like oh you're gonna be a graphic artist and i'm like what's what? that yeah i'm like i don't even know what that means he's yeah. like well that's the person who did this and i'm like okay someone did it i sort of got that and he's like that's their job and i'm like what Boop. i'm yeah. like that is a job yeah i'm like have you told my mom yeah like she know this is a job yeah. so she goes to the post office sorts mail then goes to the grocery store and, and like bag stuff she could just draw sweet stuff all day yeah why is nobody doing that I, yeah well, yeah so I was just like, all right, well, I need to just keep this. And now I know, I know exactly what I'm doing forever because I'm not going to sort mail. Yes. Um, so then I just knew from then on out that I was going to be a graphic artist. Yeah. And I didn't really know what it meant. I just knew that I was going to make sweet album covers. Did, uh, so just backing up a little bit, um, and obviously just share whatever you're comfortable talking about. Sure. Um, you know, this is an NPR. I'm not Terry Gross trying to like, you know, make a little you bit. cry or anything, but, um, I would she love pulls it no punches, dude. I would love <laughs> to be on that show, but man, you know, they, she's not afraid to go there. I mm-hmm. am. I don't. I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot, but uh, I don't mind. The back, spot. 
back in the day, so in school, mm-hmm. it was a way, it was the social equity thing, you know, a way of having a thing. I had similar things. I would like draw, it ended up being like Goku and stuff like that, which. I don't really know what that is. Goku? <laughs> like like Dragon Ball Z? So the problem is I'm slightly older than you. Right. And I okay, just missed yeah, that. Right. Yeah. You're a few years older than me. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Even before that, it was like X-Men and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, I drew some Wolverine. Me too, man. Yeah. Um, and my mom actually drew a Wolverine on the back of my X-Men card uh, case. Oh. And she's really good at drawing too. It was awesome. That was, yeah, that was the talk of the town. That nice. <laughs> um, but uh, at school, that was kind of what its purpose was. But at home... What was drawing for you in that setting? Um, well, I just really enjoyed it. It was sort of almost like uh, an escape. Yeah. Like I would just, I could draw and just kind of get consumed by it and not really think about anything else. And It's like, kind of like a meditation. For sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, like I, I didn't have many friends and like the friends I did have were just because they lived close, but I didn't really like them. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, jerks. Um, so it was just like, I could draw, um, and it was, it was fun. And I liked that I was sort of good at it. And when you're good at something and like people see it and they're like, oh, that's good. You know, you feel better about yourself. Yeah. So, so it's like a way of getting affirmation. Yeah. It's a way of escaping. It's a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you feel like this, this is jumping ahead and we'll get there, but I just am curious if as someone who draws every day, whether you feel like it is maybe a meditative practice for you. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's so, um, it's like very peaceful once I'm like, I think that's why I do a lot of stuff that's super detailed, even though it's like loose, but like, yeah. Yeah. Like I just can, like I'll get a sketch done and then once I'm finished with a sketch, it's like a deep breath and then I can just like ink it. Yeah. um, Like digitally ink it. But um, it's just really nice because I can just do it and, you know, not really think about anything and just like concentrate on the line quality and like, you know, making things work. It's like the right level of uh, mastery and challenge to where it's not like, it's not like you, you have to be present in the moment enough yeah. to, to be doing it, mm-hmm. but you can also lose yourself in it to where you're you, not here or there. And I think I realized um, uh, that uh, my Saturdays and Sundays when I'm like not working, Mm-hmm. Uh, with my family, like I love all the stuff we do with my family. I'm crazy about my kids, but I would notice that I was a little bit grumpier than usual on those days. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was like, oh, it's because you're like, you're out of your practice. Like yeah. I make so much stuff. And I, when I did my daily projects since then, I've just always made stuff. And I think there's part of me that it like keeps me sane, keeps me like happy. If I've made something, if I'm proud of it, I'm super pumped. But even if I'm not, I feel like it, kind of gives me a, a zen yeah for sure yeah like there's been a um over the years that i've been doing the daily drawing project there's been a couple of times where if i was traveling or like going on vacation or something i would try to develop a backlog yeah um and i would like not do them for a few days because i would like have them queued up yeah and i just you know wasn't happy about it so like i'd just keep drawing so now i usually even if i'm traveling i'll still do dailies each day instead of developing a queue just because I don't know. It's really, it's a good experience and I, I enjoy doing it and I feel weird if I don't do it. Yeah. I, yeah, I have the same thing. So, uh, back to being a kid and then I, so the way that you describe that is something I think a lot about. It's like this call to adventure 
uh, from your ordinary world into your into the extraordinary world. So when you heard the word graphic artist, it's like a magical thing that's happened to you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And what? So what happened after that? Um, it was just like nonstop drawing. Like it just was like especially like I love drawing, but the fact that I knew that it could be something yes. that could be me was just incredible because it felt like everything else like was miserable and I was bad at it and I just felt like what am I gonna do with myself and it's like you know weird when you're a little kid because you don't really know anything but it's when you feel like you're bad at things and everyone else is like really good at it it's just like what is wrong with me yeah you do and and I you know I tell people this all the time now I remembered recently that my plan B growing up was gonna be faking insanity <laughs> but it was my plan B, but it was also my plan A because I didn't have a plan A. So yeah. I was I, I remember thinking like before I discovered illustration and design, uh, and I was drawing all the time like you. I thought, well, I have there's nothing I can do. There, what am I gonna do? I guess I could act okay, and maybe I'll just act like I'm crazy, and they'll put me somewhere and take care of me and feed me food. Isn't that stuff. terrifying? It's horrible. What, it's I don't know. For some reason, I have this like crazy fear of like being trapped in like a, I think I maybe saw a movie where you're like trapped in a mental institute and everyone thinks you're crazy and you can't get out because when you say you're not crazy, they're like, sure, you're not crazy. That's what everyone says here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm telling you, like this this plan was- This wasn't uh, a good plan. The worst, yeah, I mean, it was, (laughs) uh, it was, it was all just like, you know, how am I gonna like eat food? Like, how am I gonna like be yeah, well, alive? Mm-hmm. Like, and I know like it's extreme, and maybe I didn't really think that I would do that. But I'm just saying that for me, discovering illustration in the same way that you're saying it, like people don't understand that for certain people, it is like a path. It's a door opening that you didn't know existed of hope and of confidence mm-hmm. and like all kinds of things that this kid, you know, growing up like you're saying you did, getting held back and having trouble with that and not, you know. All of a sudden, that word "graphic artist" has like a mystical quality of like, whoa, possibility, yeah. yeah. And that was like, and like hope you. and hope, yeah, like real hope. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, maybe there's something I have that the world appreciates or needs, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, did, so did you go to college for that then? Yeah, yeah, I um, I went uh, for graphic design yep. because my uncle told me I was going to be a graphic artist. Yeah, that was the word you knew. Which, yeah, like language is like a that, those are like doorways. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it was just like I never even considered illustration. It, yeah, I didn't really. Maybe I didn't really know what it was. I sort of saw like a fluidity between design and illustration, which there is, yeah. but not as much as um, I as you need. Thought. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Right. Um. So yeah. So you know, I got into design. I was like nerdy about design. I like thought it was cool and I, I started to feel like I wasn't that um good at drawing yeah, too yeah because I've never been someone who's like really into drawing realistic like things like photorealism stuff, yeah. yeah so I was like well maybe design is for me because I'm not good at sitting you know at a park and drawing a yeah. tree you yeah, know what yeah. I mean and uh and then in art school I started I, like you know all all your foundation classes you're doing life drawing you're doing figure drawing and i was like oh, i guess i'm not really good at drawing yeah right um so i was like well it's a good thing i chose design because you don't have to be the um, best you're yeah, not good at right. drawing <laughs> it's so. a fu- that's a funny like thing that happens is like it's like being 
the superstar at your on your high school basketball team and then going to college and like being terrible. Like, yeah. Oh, because the other thing that happens is like, uh, like you you were saying, like draw being good at drawing is like the thing you have, and it becomes your hope and your identity. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not that good. And then yeah. you kind of like start all over. And you're, yeah. There was almost like a breaking point when I was ten years old. Um, where we, we moved to a different neighborhood and there was like kids there and like I became friends with them. I know what you're going to say. And like, like uh, you know, I was like drawing something once and someone was like, oh, you're pretty good at drawing, but have you seen uh, Dwight's drawings? And I'm like, what? They're like, he's, <laughs> he's really good. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm, I can draw. It's my but. thing. And then I remember it being this thing where there was going to be this drawing competition oh between the two God. of us. Yeah. And then I remember like meeting him and being like, he's better than me. Uh, and I'm like, what now? What do I, I've got nothing. There's literally nothing left. <laughs> Dude, uh, I think it was second grade. I'm like, you know, for several years, I am like the artist mm-hmm. and I'm like crushing it. I've got like three girlfriends on the back of this. Like, I like the coolest kid. And uh, then in the middle of the year, Justin moves to our class and he is insanely better than me. And I hated him and I loved him and I hated him. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it, the struggle. So what, so college you were doing design and uh, then you went and did you get like an agency job right outside of that? Yeah, so design seemed like a good fit. I loved doing it. It was great. Um, I was lucky enough that I got a job offer at my senior show. We have oh, like cool. a, you know, senior yeah. show where you show your portfolio or whatever. Um, and I got this job at a studio in New Haven, worked there for two years. Um, it was fine. It was boring stuff. I was doing a lot of stuff for like Yale medical group and like banks. Right. Um, yeah. but it still, was okay because it, you know you see you got to see your stuff out in the world like yeah. you'd be like oh I made that billboard that's crazy even though it was yeah. like super boring it's yeah. just you still get a little buzz from it yeah it's still out in the world it's printed it's yeah yeah so uh, I did that for like two years um, and I uh, still had my my uh, like student work online like a little like I think it was like uh, AIGA used to have portfolio sites that were easier to use so I had it up there in right. this studio in Boston. Um, saw it and they reached out to me and said, Hey, do you want to come interview for a job? And this was like a studio that did a lot of stuff for the music industry. And it was like, you know, what I wanted to do, it seemed yeah. like, uh, the dream job. It seemed like what I had been aiming for since I was a little kid. Um, so I interviewed and it went well and I took that job at a place called alphabet arm in Boston. And that what's it called alphabet arm. Okay. They don't exist anymore. Right. They didn't really make it through the, the, uh, recession. The recession? Yeah. 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 Uh, which is actually great for me because it really felt like a dream job and I probably just would have stayed there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did that kind of play out when you, did you, were you let go when the recession hit? Yeah. So right. it was sort of like a slow, um, a slow ending. Um, I was there for five years and it was great. We were all, it was a really small studio. There's about five of us. Um, we were close friends um, that's actually how I met Josh. He came up as a Josh. His, uh, yeah, he was yeah. our um, intern. Yeah, I guess not everyone listening to the podcast knows who Josh is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's a great yeah. illustrator and a friend of mine. But uh, yeah, he came up to be an intern, and we've been from friends since then. That was my radio thing of like, if you're just tuning in, yes, yeah. Josh Lafayette, <laughs> another illustrator. Yeah. Um, who we love. Hi, Josh. I I'd have never met you in person, but I really like you on the internet. See you one funny day. Funny guy on the internet. 
Uh, and in real life, what was I talking about? Not in real life, he's not funny at all. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> I get it. Uh, you're saying that uh, the recession. Hits oh yeah, yeah, okay, then, yeah. okay. So everything was great, and then things started to go poorly. One of our biggest clients was this company that we uh, shared space with, and we did these like little marketing books for them, yeah. and they cut those out. Right. And that was like a huge hit. So at that point, it was like, hey, uh, I have to like do something. So I got switched to like an independent contractor for a little while. And he was like, hopefully we can switch this back once things pick back up. And they never did. Mm. And then uh, at the end of 2009, it was just like, it, we can't do it anymore. And then it just went down to like the owner and like one, the one person who start, he started it with. Yeah. Um, so that's when I was like, I'm going to do the illustration thing. And so how did the, okay. So you were, you went to school for design. Yeah. You became a designer. Where did the illustration stuff come in? Sure. How did yeah. that happen? You made me skip an important thing. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What did I miss? Uh, no, I didn't say it yet. Oh. Because we skipped. We went, Yeah, we, you just went straight into, into illustration. So what? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. So uh, when I was working at Alphabet Arm, uh, it was, things were great and there was, it was a lot more, I was able to illustrate things a lot more. Right. But the only drawing I was doing was like sketches for projects. Okay. And I thought I started thinking about it, and I was like, I used to draw all the time, and now I just draw when I go to work, and it's mostly just sketches for designs. Yeah. Um, and it kind of freaked me out because of how much drawing did for me when I was a kid, mm. and I just was like, what if, if I don't draw anymore, it's like an outlet that I'll lose or yeah. something. Yeah. So um, I need to trick myself into everything in life. Yeah, me too. So. <laughs> My plan was like, oh, I'll do uh, a daily drawing project. And at the time, um, like, you know, it was like sort of the beginning of Twitter and like it was Flickr. So, and it was like, you know, you had a blog and you needed content for your blog. Yeah. And I was like, this is stuff that I can post on my blog. So this is content <laughs> for my blog. So, so I was like, I'm yeah. just going to do a drawing every day. And I like went and got a little moleskin sketchbook and a pen and like just Told my friend Tony, hey, Tony, I'm going to do a daily drawing. Today's the first day. Hey, Tony! Yeah. And, and, uh, doing so, drawings. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking so, it's like that, but anyway. It's, uh, so I told Tony, and then I it was that was enough for me to like feel like... That was your accountability. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, after about a year of doing them, I got like a, a random email saying, hey, we saw this drawing you did, and um, it's this company that does these like high-end eco-friendly lunchboxes for kids and yeah. they wanted me to do like a sticker set they're like oh we loved your little monsters and letters um we do stickers and i was like yeah sweet um but i thought it was like a one-off thing um i did them it was awesome and then it like happened again uh for another company and then just like at that after like a year and a half i was just like a few freelance projects a month and it just started growing from there yeah and then by the time i got let off at alphabet arm it was enough that I like wasn't sleeping as much because I was like get home from work and then do freelance and, yeah, and then to right. bed. Yeah. So it wasn't enough that I felt like I could make a living. Yeah. And it was scary, but it was enough that I felt like it was possible. This is my own like pattern recognition obsession. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like what I'm hearing here <laughs> is uh, this. It's like a hero's journey, which I overused. I'm definitely this a idea. hero. You're definitely a hero. <laughs> uh, and you, you have this, uh, it sounds like you're drawing. That's Your home is like drawing, like illustration. Mm -hmm. That's like what, that's your thing. And it was your thing. 
And then graphic artist was like a call to adventure to leave, because the whole idea is that you leave home, you gain a piece that you need, mm -hmm. but then you return home. And it sounds like going back and recovering drawing from like your younger days was kind of a return to home. It was like, because you're saying like, I missed it. It was like, you know, it was a, it's almost like you're afraid to return to your hometown. Like it's like, yeah. yeah. And it's weird because the stuff I started drawing was like stuff I did when I was little. I would, um, my obsession and need to draw was so strong, but I didn't always have like, I was always stressed out about what to draw. Right. And I was also stressed out about like the blank page. Yeah, right. And I, and then like and then I started. Be, I was never self conscious about my drawings until like Dwight came over and like, <laughs> damn you, Dwight. So I'm like, oh, I got this blank page. I have to do something great on here. I love that his name's Dwight too. <laughs> that, this is like your nemesis. His name's Dwight. It's like Jim. And yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah. I would. I started doing this thing where I would just draw something small and then draw something next to it. You're and like tricking just, yourself there? Yeah. yeah I would I, just fill the page because I'm like, if I have lots of things, we can't focus on how good one of them is. Oh, I do the same. I've always done I That is the reason I'm a maximalist. Yeah. And always have been is like, if I just like put a million lines on this thing, mm -hmm. you're going to be into it. And obviously like, you you know, you get better over time. You don't re rely as heavily on it, but yeah. we both still pretty, do pretty decorative stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, let me ask you this question. Mm. What about, what do you think if, if, if illustration was your home, drawing was your home mm -hmm. and going into graphic arts design was your journey, what, what, what do you think the elixir was that you got by doing that journey? Like what did you learn from design and all that jazz that you took back or that changed you or like made you who you are today? Does that, is that a question that m makes sense? Yeah. Okay. I think Design made me realize that I was an illustrator. Right. Yeah. That's... And I just didn't know. I think it took me being a designer to realize that I could be an illustrator. Right. Well, well, unravel that a little bit, but I feel like I got you. Yeah. So I think, so a lot of the most successful things that I did in design had illustrative elements mm -hmm. to them. Right. And that was always like my favorite part. Um, and... I think I sort of thought about design in an illustrative way, like like how I'm communicating an idea, yeah. As opposed to, I mean, I feel like design can, but I think a lot of the best design is sort of invisible. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, where, I so okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm I'm so fascinated by this idea because I think about I think about the hero's journey all the time. And I know that some people are sick of hearing about it, either from my podcast or just generally in culture, because it, you know, it comes and goes in different generations. Like, you know, um, but I did talk about my Robin Hood obsession at true. the beginning. Yeah. So, so we're right on. Yeah. We're right on pace here. And I, uh, but this idea that, um, you, you, cause you go on the journey, uh, not to become, um, not to not come home. Just the way that you're talking about it, thinking about it through the lens of like, uh, you said that design, it allowed you to be who you were. Mm -hmm. when, you know, like you went out in this journey and you you found the confidence in yourself yeah. through that because you went, you saw all these people that were better at drawing than you and you realized that illustration wasn't just about drawing. Exactly. Yeah. And it also like was like a secret weapon to illustration. Right. Like the design was something that made me a better illustrator. 
and you know it, it was like that was sort of my extra superpower move as opposed to like hyper realistic rendering yes. yeah it was like the design aspect brought into the illustration yeah was like my little extra magic move yeah baby you know i'm so <laughs> into it i this i love people's journey and i'm most interested in people that uh have gone on these journeys said mm-hmm. yes to these different things and you know went through those experiences and for me like what you're describing there is like um uh, this thing where you you go away and you gather something that when you come back home it's your differentiator. It's like this is what I have to give to illustration is that I come from a design perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, which everybody needs those things. You mm-hmm. can't just be ten Harry Potters and Gryffindor. You got to have your. Uh, you, we need Ron and Harry. Yeah. You got to have all your. In in you know your you coming from the design background makes you have a unique value within that world. Yeah. And I think it helped too with like the lettering because lettering is huge and got huge. And I think it's one of the things that helped me like fast forward my career a bit. Mm. But a lot of issues with some of the, the hand lettering when it got really big was that there wasn't a sense of design to it. Right. And you have to, I believe you need to have a sense of typography to do good hand lettering. Yeah, it definitely, I don't think a lot of people... Anybody that didn't like watch it from the um, the inception of it mm-hmm. to where it is now, it started in a really naive place for sure. And lettering, mm-hmm. and uh, then all of this, you know, all the yeah, it, it, that's what I think a lot of people probably don't realize that. And and yeah. actually, I like na- naive like lo-fi stuff, so yeah. I actually have a taste for like those days. But yeah. I do too. But yeah. I think that there's still a lot. Like I think there's a sense. Of comp- like layout and a sense of type that it can be very naive but still have a sense of design that makes it feel I do yeah I, I, all the people back in the day that were like pioneering the first like hand lettering yeah. craze almost all of them were coming from design mm-hmm. and then you then a whole nother wave came in that was like way more fanciful way more rooted yeah. in uh, you know lettering and calligraphy and sign painting and all that, which that kind of just wiped out the lo-fi thing, it seems like. It but. seems like there's a lots of little niches of lettering now. Totally. Yeah, there's all kinds of different which is ways cool. of doing it. It is. Yeah, super cool. Uh, so let's talk about your uh, daily drawing. Uh, I don't even want to call it a project. It's a practice because tell yeah. us the details of, give give these people a sense of the magnitude of this <laughs> of this endeavor that you've been on. Uh, it's weird because the longer it goes on, the less of a, like a wonderful, magnificent thing it is. Like it just seems normal. Yeah, right. Like I've been doing the daily drawings since the end of two thousand seven. Um, this so past December was my tenth year. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So how many drawings is that? Do you know? Well, so there's a thing that some people I feel weird about saying. I do them Monday through Friday. I did. You know, when I did my daily project. Uh, it was Monday through Friday as well. So it was 260 in a year. Yeah. So yeah. So I think today's was like 2,650. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Um, yeah. It's... And so what did, so you, so basically you started doing it cause you wanted to get back into drawing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, that was your strategy. That's all the only layer of strategy you had initially was like, I just better start drawing again. But yeah. what? And I can't, I need to hold myself accountable to do anything. So I need rules. So you created a rule. So that, yeah. So there's a few layers. Those are your layers of strategy. It's like, I'm going to do it every day. That's going to keep me accountable. I'm going to tell Tony. Yeah. Tony's going to know. And it's just going to get me drawing again. But what, what are the different things? And I'm sure there's 
an infinite amount, but like, what are the different things that um, this um, this quantity and this uh, this you know, I want to say like proliferacy. That's not a word, mm-hmm. but it's something <laughs> like prolific. Pro- there's some kind of word. I, I of think like, proliferacy anyway. is a word. Sounds like it could be. I really faked it as well as possible, or yeah. it is a word. It might not be. Who knows? Who knows? But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I love words where they're not words, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm all about. I that. like when they're when there's it's not a word, but someone says it very confidently. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I do it all the time. Think about how many hours of me is out there talking. I bet yeah. I do it all the time, and I bet <laughs> and I bet there are people that are like, oh my gosh, Andy is such a moron. One of the ones that I do that I I stand by mm-hmm. is famished. Now, famished means tired, right? I think it means hunger. Wait a second. Yeah, because famine is like no food. Okay. See, I mixed them up too. Because I I think famished sounds like it's tired, but it's actually about food. Why does it sound like tired? It just to me sounds like you're, oh, I'm, whew, I'm famished. <laughs> anyway, I always go to that one. But I like I like words that, you know, have like a, I'd rather just use words that sound like what I want them to mean and just ignore what they're. I feel like it sounds sort of like it's sort of like a family. Yeah. Oh, this is they're famished. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. I can't pull it off right now. But you know, so there's something like that. Anyway, what are we talking about? They're not really related, but they're famished. They're fam. Yeah, they're famish. Yeah. um, That's all. I love that. Uh, That's even better. That's way better than mine. now I just want to do that. I just want to think of all these words. But what? Uh, so you were saying that you? Oh, you were saying that. Uh, I was asking you. Yes. That being this, forcing yourself to be this prolific. Uh-huh. What has? Uh, what have? What's that done for you? How's that either in your art or in your business I mean, or whatever? Basically, it's done everything. Yeah. Uh, one your of the whole business is based on this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I don't stop is because I feel like it would just all go away. Yeah. Um, You're like petrified, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my whole career seems way too good to be true. Um, like, it seems crazy to me that, like, I don't have a real job. I, like, sleep until 9 or 10 in the morning. Yep. Do whatever I want. Most of the time, I'm drawing on the couch with, like, my dogs. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I can never stop drawing. Like, people are like, how do you keep doing <laughs> yeah. it? I'm like, are you kidding me? How I'm could I stop? To, yeah. Yeah. They're going to take everything. Yep. Someone's going to find out what I'm doing, and I'm going to get shut down. Yes. But what I... So it's done a lot, like clearly my work has gotten a lot stronger. I can like just see just like the technical skill. I really think there's something to that, like, you know, uh, Gladwell, like a thousand, 10,000 10, hours. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, not a thousand. That's not enough. A thousand hours. Yeah. You're still yeah. trash. But I feel like you get into this like zone and it's also like generating ideas and like forcing through that. And once you do it so many times, it gets easier and easier. Yeah. Yeah. Like there still to this day like i have plenty of nights where i'm like i have no idea what i'm gonna draw but it's not as much as it used to be and i can get through it i like it doesn't stress me out as much because i like i know i'll figure something out yep um but it just like just makes everything easier yeah and i think about uh you know what i i kind of have an i i did like a series that was like the creative pep talk philosophy and it was the idea of it, which I don't know if I communicated that well, but the idea was that I kind of am, uh, I have an idea of like uh, the creative pep talk core values of creativity. And they're not, 
it's not the only way you can be a successful creative, but it's mm -hmm. a certain way of approaching it that like stacks the deck in your favor for success. That's yeah. kind of the way I'm thinking about it. And one of them is uh, quantity over quality, at least for, you know, and it will, like you you said, uh, what did you say? You said qu uh, quantity begets quality, right? Like No, you I, said I, that. Oh, I said that? I said work begets work. That's what you said. Yeah, I didn't use the fan. I didn't say beget. I remembered you'd said beget, and I was like, I should have said that. I said baguette. You said baguettes. <laughs> quality baguettes are better than... Mediocre donuts. Me <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I love a good baguette. Anyway, um, the... Uh, the uh, uh, okay, I was just saying that uh, I kind of spot who I think of as like these are creative pep talk artists, like even musicians, actors, everything, people that have kind of exemplify these practices. And mm -hmm. one of them is um, one of the things is is like it's the opposite of a really curated career. Yeah, uh, the, the curated career of like this person is. There's nothing wrong with this, and mm -hmm. if I could do it, I would do it. But there are those people that you know, you can't find any bad work of theirs. Sure. You know what I mean? I got some hot turds. On Me the too, dude. I definitely do. You go look at my Google image search, or go. I didn't even want to say it. I didn't yeah. even want to say it because I don't yeah. want people to do it. But, but yeah, that you know, I think the people that exemplify. Uh, it, to me, it's like the sure, the sure thing of like if you want to make sure that you're gonna create a successful career. You need to not be afraid to put out bad stuff. So you, I mean, is that a thing for you that you think about of like, you know, uh, is that a thing that you ever grapple with? Like some of this stuff isn't what I want it to be. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, there's quite a few times where I hate what I just drew. Yeah. And um, usually it's not as bad when I look at it like the next day or something. True. I'm yeah. just frustrated. And I also, at this point, trust that even if it's not my favorite thing, that it's still pretty good, I guess. Yeah. And, um, yeah, go ahead. And then, like, usually I'll, you know, I'll post it on Instagram and I'll think it's garbage and then it gets more likes than a typical post. So yeah, I'm like, that's helpful, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's fine. Yeah. I also like the pressure, the less, like, the lack of pressure because I'm posting every day. So even if it's not that good, I know I'm going to just bombard it. And like push it down with other stuff. Yep, I'm the same. I think like, um, and then what? Also, what happens is with just that um, mass of stuff, it's a it's a spiraling upwards where your bad days from this year are ten times better than your than your best stuff from five years ago. Yeah, it's crazy to look back um, at like even stuff that's not that old and just be like, wow, what were you doing? Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's crazy to see how much progression there has been i don't know if it's that like noticeable to like other people but like yeah. for me it's just like night and day like, yeah i was what was that like i thought i was okay to get hired to do stuff yeah and like sort of cocky <laughs> how delusional sometimes were, yeah <laughs> i do think i've heard that before like on sam weber's podcast he talks a lot about how like one of the key ingredients to succeeding is delusion like thinking that for you have sure. it yeah yeah like or, like you know, getting big clients early on and like thinking I'm like, I'm pretty good. I'm like, yeah. I look at that, some of the stuff and I'm like, what? I know. Why did they hire me? Who are yeah. these people? Yeah. You almost judge them like, man, they had terrible taste for hiring me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. So, okay. So it's, 
uh, it's definitely improved the quality. And then how do you, have you thought a lot about like how this gets you work? Like what, you know, what, I don't know, like what are, what have you learned about how it impacts the client stuff that you get? Sure. Um, well, nearly all of my work comes to me because they've seen my stuff. It's usually from Instagram or something like that yeah. or something of the case. They're like, oh, I've seen your daily drawings or I've been following your daily drawings um, for a while and just waiting for a project to come through. Um, another cool thing is that people always reference specific drawings for the projects. Yes. So it's really helpful when I'm actually going to do the piece because they're like, basically like, we want this just yep. with this. Yep. Um, or like this kind of thing for this. Um, and that's that's really helpful and, and great. I remember the first time that happened was uh, for this project I did for for um, McDonald's and they like had uh, this presentation that they sent me with like all these like images of my drawings like matched with like their things and I'm yeah. like this is crazy. <laughs> um, so did uh, so has that influenced uh, what you make in that like you you kind of know where this goes like does uh, that make sense yeah i've tried to actively not do that you're still trying to you're trying to do it from like this authentic place basically because yeah. the mo some of the best work that i've gotten has come from a place where i couldn't imagine the connection yes yeah i think a good example would be um when i started doing like simple like looping animations um when I first started doing them, it was just like trying something new because I've been doing them for a while and I always want to come up with a new idea. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll just try this out. And then, um, but there's like, there's nothing these could be used for. And then all yeah, of a sudden right. this whole like social media advertising thing came out of nowhere. Yes. And I just started getting all these projects with that stuff. Like yep. some of the best paying projects I've ever gotten doing these little things that I didn't think were marketable at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think it's, it's throughout my entire career, it's always been like about, just making the work that I sort of want to do and have fun doing and not worrying about how it could be marketable. Yeah. Cause anytime I've tried to do stuff like that, it's never good. Never worked out the, uh, so uh, I was going to tell you that, you know, one of the things about doing your own, um, making your own stuff, uh, what it ends up doing. It sounds like what you're saying. This has been my experience too, of like, you know, when McDonald's has a, a big budget and they're going to pour all this money into it, they want to mitigate all of the risk. Yeah. And one of the things that you've done is you, you've said, there is no risk. Mm -hmm. This is what it's going to look like. Yeah. And, and it's not used for anybody else at this time. And they can just basically, uh, you know, mitigate 100% of the risk by hiring and saying, hey, you know, that one thing you did on your personal work. And this is why not doing personal work to me is the craziest, riskiest thing you could For do sure. because um, they're not going to want to do what Burger King did. They're, you know, if you did that project, they're not going to see that and think, oh, you'll be great for us. Mm -hmm. They need to see an empty vessel in a way that, that can be used. And I think uh, it's not just illustration because I think if you look at, I could think, and again, this is like the creative pep talk artists. A person I think about all the time is Jemaine Clement from Flight of the Concords mm -hmm. is that his characters that he played on that show that's the character that he's in, that he's in everything. They just said, oh, you know how you did that like uh, weird villainous song on Fly of the Concords? Can you come do that in Rio? And can yeah. you do that in Moana? And can you do that like, 
and it's all from his personal work. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, it seems like that's kind of exactly your experience. Yeah. And it's like a great way to sort of guide your career too and keep it fresh. Yes. Like if you don't do personal work, you're going to keep getting hired for the same stuff and you're going to get stagnant. Yep. Um, but if you're just making new stuff all the time, you're just keeping everything fresh. Yeah. And that's the kind of pep talk that I give myself when I'm worried that like someone's going to find out and I'm not going to be able to be an illustrator anymore. I don't know who this person is, but <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified so a, that they're going to shut me down. There's an investigator that's yeah. out and about. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, wait a second. We're letting this guy get away with this? Get <laughs> out of here. Yeah. But like, I, you, constantly making new work, like even if it's sort of, uh, you don't feel like you're changing much, you are and it's yeah. new and you're always doing something fresh. So it's just like slowly evolving and growing. Yeah. I, I do think I, I've said this a million times. I said this in the talk that we, we, I did today with the, your school. Um, you know, this whole, uh, if you're not making piles of work, you're doing it wrong. I just think like, if you're saying, I want to be an illustrator, I want to be a musician or I want to be an actor or whatever. And, and I'm like, okay, show me what you're doing. You're like, well, I'm not, I want to be that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if you want to be that thing and you're not just like hammering out as much as possible, like to me, it's just like every one of those pieces is another card stacked in your favor. Like, yeah, it's like, what? how is someone going to hire you if they don't know what you're doing? You got to prove it. Yeah. Prove what you do. Hey, is anyone out there going to make this kind of thing? And you're like, oh, I've been waiting for it. Yeah, thank you. Or do you think, you know, I think we have this narrative that says there's a, there's a fairy, I always say a fairy art mother Mm -hmm. out there looking for hidden potential in one day there's that. not no you have to show them you have to smack them over the head yeah. it's like look at what i can do yeah and yeah it's yeah I, it's I think like you don't have to like a daily drawing is excessive i think right just making new work like i don't i don't think that i need to post a drawing every day i'm too scared to stop yeah but i don't think at this point that's the thing i think maybe once a week or a couple times a week, but I'm way too scared to even consider that option. Let me ask you this question. As an expert in the quantity of <laughs> you know how to make this happen and fit it in, and, and I know, and I, I just like to say, like I get that everybody has different circumstances. Like some people have literally have two jobs and three kids and you know what and you know everybody has different circumstances and we're not making an assumption that you know that everyone's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. but. What things could you, what tips could you give people to, um, to maximize their potential for success in doing personal projects? Like what trick, how can you trick yourself? Whatever. What do you got? I think it's just like not like overthinking it. Cause I think once you get started with something, you're fine. You just need to start and starting yeah. is the hardest part. And I also think it's so easy now to like, just do something, make it no matter like you can as simple as just having a sketchbook with you when you're sitting on the couch. Like if you have a family and you're like, what with the kids watching TV, you can draw on a sketchbook. Yeah. If you have an iPad, you can draw on your iPad. Like you can do that anywhere. And if you want to share it online, you can just take a picture and it's on Instagram. And that's like the best way to find illustrators. And I think it's just, just not like, even if you tell yourself, I'm just going to start this, this, I'm not going to share any of these. I just need to start doing something. Once you make something, that's, it's just like starting it. Yeah. You just got to start. Yeah. Just start it. And I think you, uh, do, you know, what about the people that, 
you know, I, I imagine that you're as busy as most people and, you know, you mm -hmm. have projects and you teach and do stuff. And mm -hmm. I imagine tons and tons of people think, um, that don't have three kids and, and two jobs think, oh, I don't, I couldn't possibly have the time to do this. Um, what do you, what, what kind of, how, how do you find the time? Like what, you know? Well, I mean, there's, there's, you're always going to feel like there's not enough time, Yeah. but you need to decide what, what that time, like what's, what's important. Yes. And like, for me, it's like, how would I find the time? My career is dependent on making work. Yep. So like, so it's maybe, top of the it's list. It's like, how am I going to say I don't have time? If I don't get any work, I'll have all the time in the world. Yeah. So it's like, I, I'm busy because I'm doing this and I'm busy uh, like I'm getting work and that's that's what I want to do um, and it's like what what do you prioritize um, you know watching Netflix and yeah, yeah and that. the thing is I do all that I do that too yeah I, like the iPad is the greatest thing I'm sitting there with my AstroPad yeah AstroPad have, have you heard of AstroPad I, yeah I think it does it is it the thing that turns your iPad into a graphics tablet for your Mac yeah you, you can, can use your favorite tools yeah you can just draw in Photoshop the uh, the there was one other thing you said yesterday uh, that I thought was amazing. Uh, we were talking about how um, you know how do you force yourself to to draw every day? And do you remember what you said to that? Well, yeah, I think that's like sort of a silly way to think of it because like I love drawing, and when I'm drawing, it's awesome. And like if you feel like how would I ever make the time to like get myself to do this? If you feel like you have to get yourself to draw or whatever you're you think is your passion, that's probably not your passion. <laughs> I, think that, I, I do think that's true. Like I, I'm always encouraging people to like, find what is the force that is emanating from your being. Yeah, like yeah. I want to draw yes. all the time. I yeah. draw when I'm bored, like drawing is awesome, it's fun. And if it's not that way for you, there's yeah. easier ways to make money. Yeah, absolutely. And I, And the same goes for me. One of the big things that was a breakthrough for me was like realizing that not everybody likes to talk as much as I do. I like to talk. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, and that was a big thing of like, I, and I like to talk and I like to encourage people. Mm -hmm. I've got an endless vessel of that in me, of strategic <laughs> encouragement. Uh -huh. And I've been doing this since, at least since I was in high school. Um, and so you identify those things that are like naturally emanating from you like, mm -hmm. and, and turn those into your project. Yeah. And if you weren't into that, weren't good at talking, you probably shouldn't have a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate it, man. I feel like, uh, you know, it was, it got weird enough for me. We got talking <laughs> about the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, the reason I wanted to have you on is that I feel like you emanate so, emanate is the, my choice of word, my key word right now. Uh, you exemplify mm -hmm. so many of the uh, creative pep talk stuff that I talk about on the podcast. And uh, I'm, I've wanted to have you on for a long time. So thanks. Well, thanks. That. I appreciate that. Thank you, Chris, for being on our show. We are so, so happy to have you on the show and you're perfect guest because we've been doing this 100 day project and nobody knows the daily drawing game like you. And so you are our inspiration. Go check out Chris's uh, Instagram at Chris Piasic, P-I-A-S-C-I-K, uh, because he's doing a daily drawing project where he's doing a new character every day, plus on top of his regular daily drawing project. Um, tons of good, fun content that's coming at you. 
fresh daily. Go check out Chris Piasca. He's a good, good man, and I'm looking forward to seeing him at Icon, uh, the illustration conference in July, and hanging out with my buddy. All right. Well, thank you so much. If you have been touched by a creative angel, a.k.a. the Creative Pep Talk podcast, and you want to figure out ways to give back, there are plenty of ways that you can. You can review the show on iTunes. That helps us a lot. You can back the podcast financially at patreon.com slash Talk. You can get your CPT merch at creativepeptalk.com slash shop, or you can get access to the first 100 episodes of the show and stay up to date when a new show drops so you never miss one by signing up to the newsletter at creativepeptalk.com. Thank you, guys. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Nate Utesh and the band Metavari for other tunes. And big old thanks to Alex Sugg for editing this podcast so beautifully and also adding some phenomenal tunes that has elevated this podcast to a transcendent um, place in my heart. (laughs) Anyway, thanks guys for listening. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. Mm